what am I going to do this week that's going to make me better for next week so I can progress further? So in this podcast, I spoke to England Silver's International Megan Jones. Um, Megan's had loads of really bad injuries over the last couple of years. So we're going to detail about her mindset, about overcoming them. And we also go into some good detail about the seven circuit and goal setting for a tournament as big as the Olympics. So some great content in here for everybody. Enjoy. If you just want to start off talking about your career today and how you progress onto that international stage. Cool. Um, so I started playing rugby when I was about five or six. Um, there's actually a really good photo of me. Um, my dad shaved my head um, originally, so I look like a little boy. Um, so I went, I went to under, yeah, under, it must have been about under six or under sevens, and they were like, oh, that... so I, I'm born. I was born in Cardiff, um, and I went to the Morgan Wanderers, which was the local club, um, roughest houses, but honestly, great bunch of boys. So that that always built character from the off, anyway. But yeah, so went there when I was about six and I had a shaved head and they were like, oh, that new boy Megan's good. That new boy Megan's good. And um, they soon realised I was a girl and they were like, oh, we've got a girl on our team now. So yeah, built built my sort of um, my rugby career from there. Uh, I went on to play Cardiff schools under 13s um, and under 12s, which was at the Millennium Stadium. So like really big gig for me in terms of my career. Um, I had this little red scrum cap was kind of cracking on with it with the boys and you know they they, they had a they, we had a we had to like you know uh they respected they re, re, that we respected each other so that was um regardless of me being a girl there was always talk like oh she's a girl she's a girl but then when they watched me play they were like okay fair enough you're playing on the same par as us now obviously boys get a little bit older they get a bit bigger and stronger so us girls we gotta we gotta fly ship to the under 15s um, and we start when we're like 13, so we're a lot younger. Um, there's age grades with under 15, you're kind of four, uh, 14, 13, and 15 years of age within that bracket. Um, and then you jump to under 18. So I was at Cardiff Quinns for about, uh, must have been about four, four years, up until I was about 16. Um, and then I went to Harbury College, um, I don't know if you've heard of it, in Gloucester. But yeah, renowned for his um, rugby and his ace academy. Uh, I was there for then two years, did my A-levels and uh, jumped into Gloucestershire County, played for them for a bit and then South West, which is the division. And that was kind of to go through the RFU pathway. Um, my mum's from Bristol, so that allowed me to kind of explore that, which was really good. Um, just in terms of uh, why I picked England instead of Wales was just solely because uh, selfish reasons, but... Um, just how the setup was, and I, I could kind of see that from an early age. And my dad sat me down, sat with my mum as well, and just kind of spoke about what was going to be the best uh, suitable pathway for me. Um, and it seemed to be that that England was was the setup to go. So I went through all the all the age grade stuff with, um, uh, sorry, all the divisional and county stuff with England, and um, yeah, got picked up then uh, when I was about seventeen um, to do some sevens with the England girls and it was it was that the Euros which was in uh, brief in France so yeah I got my first cap there my taste of of what women's rugby was about because uh, I never really played much senior stuff um, in fact I, I played for Bristol and my, my first game I dislocated my shoulder so it kind of just showed, it showed the step from under 18s to senior um, in terms of the physicality side um, so it it 
it was I was playing I went from girls to women um, and it was it was really obvious so yeah dislocated my shoulder then um in Bristol game so that kind of put me out for a bit after I just hit my first cap but I was still in and out of the setup and then yeah I've kind of I went jumped to 15s for a bit and that was solely how the funding fell you went kind of where 15s and 7s went did my bit in 15s um played uh Canada uh who else Australia and those were kind of the series leagues and then went on to um sevens where I went as a traveling reserve uh, to the Olympics which was really cool yeah an amazing experience and um, got to see you know the ins and outs of of what it was what it was all about uh the talks amongst the group and I was quite a senior group at the time which is very different to how we are now um but you could just tell and it, like, the experience would kind of buzz out of that room, uh, whereas something we, we kind of lack as a team now. But the more we play together, the better we become. Because those girls have been playing rugby since, you know, for 14, 15 years together. So it was really evident for how they were playing. And that's where we're trying to build to get to now. So that was an amazing experience. And then went over to 15s again um, following year to do the World Cup in Ireland. And we unfortunately came second uh, to New Zealand in the final. But uh, in terms of personal experience, had a really good innings in, in terms of the World Cup. Um, it was amazing because my dad was there, could come watch. Uh, so really enjoyed that. And yeah, now I find myself my third year, I think, now consistently with the sevens. Um, but yeah, picked up a, a bronze Commonwealth Games medal. Uh, we managed to get like first World Series win. Uh, first world series medal in kitakushu japan which we earned a silver since like 20 maybe like 2015 2016 something like that which was amazing for us because it was literally a new new bunch of girls i think there was one girl our captain abby brown she was the only one that's kind of had a had a world series medal so that was amazing as a group and then now find myself you know twiddling my thumbs waiting for a, an olympics um another but hopefully being part of this one uh but yeah, so that, that's about it really and that's kind of where I'm at so was that the plan for this summer obviously it was the Olympics that kind of thing you was working towards yeah cool yeah so we had um, the extended squad and stuff uh, which was about must have been about 25 of us which is really cool we link up with Wales and Scotland obviously GB and um yeah like it's really cool because you have you just it's such a unique environment you can't you can't um you can't build that anywhere else no other nation will build that um, and in terms of training numbers, it, it was phenomenal. We were we were able to play seven on seven and rotate another seven in. Um, so that was amazing in terms of learnings. But unfortunately, we couldn't fulfil that. Um, we had a couple more lined up. But with it next year, I mean, it only gives us another year to kind of build on that block. So hopefully when, when that time comes, we'll be, we'll be guns blazing. So. Yeah, definitely. So let's stick with the seven stuff. Obviously, um, I think you mentioned the, the tournament in Japan there. Obviously, a big part of it is the travelling. Um, mm-hmm. How does the kind of schedule kind of look for yourselves with all the travelling and your training and then obviously the, the actual game days within there? What does the kind of lead up to a tournament actually look like? So our blocks are normally within like six weeks. So we have a six-week block. And in essence, that'll be around... We'll have an end goal, which is essentially Tokyo or, you know, um, in some years. it was quali- Last year, it was qualifying for the Olympics. So we'll have a we'll have blocks amongst um, like stepping stones towards that goal, 
and uh, in each block it'll be around you know certain aspects that we want to we want to develop so we'll have like robustness and that'll be looking around making our body stronger um, whether that's in the breakdown tackle running wise can we tolerate the amount of running we're doing because we're running at a high speed for a, a long period of time how can we sustain that and like basically not get injuries uh, along the way because we have now eight tournaments which is amazing for us girls um just too short of the boys so we're nearly there um but yeah it, it's just, it was just about kind of building a, building us up and, and getting to that robust level of, of fitness um, there was a weird statistic and it was crazy and it was about around um, something about like the game, the speed of the game, it moved on by 110% since the following season. So ev everyone's fitness and duration of the game was kind of, it just ramped up again. And since the Olymp 2016 Olympics as well, it just ramped up. So yeah, we'd have a six week block. They were kind of measured in, in, those, in those ways. And it'd look around attack, defence principles, um, and something that we were aiming to fulfil in that tournament. And that might be set piece, you know, certain things like that. So um, how the tournaments work, we have back-to-back -back with some of them, and they coincide with the men's as well. But our first one's Glendale, which is a single-held tournament. Um, and that, because it's the start of the season, that's normally about just getting the ball rolling, getting us into groove um, and kind of seeing where we're at as a squad, particularly just coming off the back of, of holidays and stuff. Um, and particularly this season as well, we just had the uh, qualification. So that was good. And then we went into um, Dubai, Cape Town. Cape Town was new new on the block. Um, so that was good to have a look around there. And again, another six-week block. I mean, it, it only there, um, the longest one, I think, is about eight weeks between each tournament. Um, and then if we had, oh, we had Hamilton and Sydney. And then our next one was Hong Kong, which was an eight-week block. Um, and that was that was looking at, you know, being being at the peak of our performance for then. Um, so you kind of use some of the series legs as, as stepping stones towards your goal, um, as, as you've discussed as a group. And then after Hong Kong, um, I think we go on to Langford, which is Canada, and then Paris. Um, which is also a cool leg. And what else do we have? Do we have another one? I think that's, I think that's it. Is that eight? It might be eight. But yeah. Really those... interesting point of view from that, actually. Sorry, I was, was going to just quickly... No, 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 I was just saying those, those are the eight we have. Yeah, uh, just, the, um, just the way you've spoken about that and seen it from um, the stepping stones kind of view. Um, yeah. One of the things we talk, I talk about a lot with people we work with is about kind of looking at your calendar and, and it's not disrespectful to anyone else, but it's a team, sorry, but looking at a game and saying, right, that's, you know, that's a, they're a first or a second division. Um, that's a game, that's a first or second division team. We need to make sure we're shit up for that day versus, right, we can maybe be in second gear for that game. So, and implement your training on a week by on a week by week basis for those specific games, so it's interesting you there saying, right, you know, you've got these stepping stones and tournaments for that kind of one big picture. Yeah, um, really interesting perspective. So for you personally, like, what do you kind of do yourself, or maybe away from the team? Is there anything, or because I don't know how much time you spend together as a squad, yeah. is it a lot? Or um, so our week is Monday, Tuesdays, Wednesdays recovery day, and then Thursday, Friday as well. So we have Saturday and Sunday off as well. Um, but yeah, I live with Abby Brown, so in like we're all mates around this. It's not kind of 
separate. It's not office jobs. Um, so we have to live and breathe what we what each other do. So um, yeah, we we see each other a lot, and I think at this time we were kind of like, oh, nice. Like it's nice to have a break, uh, uh, like away from each other. Um, because if you think about it, it's kind of like it's seeing your family members for too long, and you're like, I love you, but there's there's breathing space, and and we need that. We need that. So that that's um that's important to remember as well but yeah it, in terms of the week and stuff and um what it looks like for us um we we drink a lot of coffee a lot a lot of professionals drink coffee and you know there's a niche market out there for having a portable coffee shop out, right outside the clubhouse I'll tell you that but yeah so we drink a lot of coffee play a lot of games um just past time our, our days range from around eight to three. So it's not particularly long days, um, but they are packed. So you've got gym, you've got um, a rugby session, you might have a mental a mental skills session, and then you also might just have meetings around that analysis stuff. Um, and then thankfully we have um, food provided for us. So we have lunch together and just talk amongst each other with that. Um, but yeah, preparing myself it, for each I guess block or like what I do outside the game, um, it's it's not a lot because you you've got to live and breathe this stuff um, if you want to be at the top level. Um, you you do little things to keep you sane. Um, that's family, talking to other people outside of the program, um, but also just keeping yourself checked of what else you're going to do. But I have a, I have a passion in in rugby, so I've I've just got my level two coaching. Sorry my level two coaching and um, so hopefully you can pursue sort of a career down there uh, explore that option a little bit more but when you're playing and, and you're, you're in it a lot you do get sucked into the realm of it so it's just understanding uh, like how like where you are with your career and um, what you see yourself doing after and I think it's having those clear plans for yourself um, for me I, I do worry about the future because I know how easy it is to get sucked in um, I'm only 23, but so you might, you might be like, oh, but it's fine, it's fine, you sort it out. But for me, I just I just kind of want to be, um, I want to be set, not settled, oh yeah, settled. I want to know what I'm doing, um, because I know this lifestyle isn't forever. I, I I'm trying to get make as many contacts as I can outside of, outside of the um, rugby world or inside the rugby world, but using it as well as a platform um, to broaden yourself outside of the game. Um, but yeah, uh, listen to music. That's key drive. Um, you know, kick up, kick a football about. That's quite fun. Um, mix it up a little bit. Weird shape ball, but we'll cope with that. Um, but yeah, so that's it really. Like, is people think we live a, a crazy life, but a lot of it is just about rugby, rugby, and coffee. I think you definitely um, got along the right path. I think actually, the time that we're in now with this, obviously the pandemic that's going on, is. Yeah. A big time of realization even that nothing is is safe that for me particularly from a career standpoint of view i've realized that actually how vulnerable probably my whole career is and how i need to do stuff away and that's kind of like how this was built um so yeah. you've even at 23 i mean i'm in a couple of years ahead of you but um you you've definitely along the right path and it's better doing that earlier rather than getting to yeah. like 35 and coming towards retirement and thinking, oh shit. <laughs> yeah, what I do now, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So um, no, definitely going along the right path. Talking about obviously your age, um, you are relatively young within your career, um, but you've been around the game obviously for, for a long time. Mm. Talking about in on that international stage, since you spent time within that, 
have you seen a shift in the physicality of the sport and also the skill of the sport as well as the game progresses on the women's side of things? Yeah, 100%. I mean, like, since I've started, like, like I said, that jump from under-18s to women's was just, like, phenomenal. Um, I, I, didn't experience, I didn't experience anything quite like that. Plus, when you're playing under-18s, all you do is attack most of the time. Um, if you're half-decent, uh, just because of the standard of the game at the moment, well, back when I was. But it's so good to see how much the game has moved on, and it's so evident. Um, this kicking game starting to get, get immersed. Um, people are using that to you know, play a game of chess, especially in 15s. And you see that on the seven circuit as well. Um, I, I'll have to highlight New Zealand sevens just because of their skill set and kind of what they, what they do. But their awareness around the ball and where the players are, um, they're throwing backhand passes, they're throwing passes above their heads. So yeah, the game the game's massively moved on. Um, I think we, people need to consider, especially when I always relate it back to the men's and we always compare, oh, but the men's are doing that, the women are doing that, that's how quick the men are running. It's all relative um, to the gender. But also, we have only been professional as, as like, worldwide and uh, since 2014 in England. In the men's game, it's been professional since 1996, probably a little bit before then, the backhanders, uh, little pay slips, yeah, we know how it works. But that's, that's, that's the reality of it. We are 10... 10, 14 years behind, um, oh, yeah, 14 years behind um, of of the men's game. So a lot of our stuff is we're still trying to develop the skill stuff. Um, so we are making huge jumps um, in terms of tackling. You, you're watching you know, the Cleal sisters on the 15s game. They're making big hits. Sarah Byrne, the, the like probably the 21st century prop of the women's game. We're seeing big collisions, big hits, handoffs, um, rucking and mauling just is insane so understanding that of, of where the men's game is with women's is different but also the leaps and bounds of the women's games doing um is is moving at a rapid rate so you you have to keep developing um there's no shortcuts and i and i know one thing's for sure is that you can't like i'm not sh- I'm, I'm probably speaking for other people but for myself how i've seen it is that no day is kind of a rest day anymore. You have to do little things because you have to do the little things because there's so much competition coming up underneath you. There's girls picking up the ball from the age of six now. Um, that's only gonna only gonna help uh, the, the progression of the game. You know, physicality in terms of speed, uh, kicking game, skill set. It's just gonna be amazing. So you have to realise that you have to keep the foot, foot on the gas pedal. Otherwise, you're gonna be knocked back as soon as you hit. Um, a certain age and you're only providing one thing you know there's, there's none of this running in one direction and being a big girl anymore you've got to be athletic across the whole path you've got to show some sort of skill set within your handling you've got to show you know different diverse diversities of your game um if you want to be at the, at the top end and and yeah credit to Sarah Byrne I'll probably give her one of the um one of the medals for that because she's doing a good job but also I'm going to relate back to the Kiwis. Their front front row are doing the same thing, um, being physical, but also providing the skill set for for your back for your backs as well. So there's a huge there's a huge um, sh- there's been a huge shift, um, and I think that's really clear when you keep watching the game. But when you do watch the game, you do have have to have a consideration of some of these girls have only picked up the ball for four or five years, um, and they're still they're still providing athletic. Um, amazing athletic attributes so 
that's also that's also important to consider as well. Yeah, I think you made some great points there. So like, um, I work around the women's game anyway, so it's something that I, I'll always I'll always watch it and. Um, what the the points that you just made there, I can completely agree with. So the first point about the physicality, the one thing that I noticed about the women's game is it seems that in the men's game sometimes, probably more when it's maybe that one to eight. Sometimes people probably are there on a skill basis, and physicality is not really there. One to fifteen in the women's game, every single one of them are athletes. That's what it seems like when you watch it. The second point you made about the kicking, hundred percent. I watched uh, the highlights of. Uh, might have been when you girls played Spain, I think. Um, and your ten made a, a crossfield kick into the corner. Yeah, it was, yeah, just stuff like that. I mean, and it's like you said, there'll always be people who are dicks, basically, and, and <laughs> compare it. But I mean, the skills there, and it's it, it's a great game to watch. Um, and then the next point that you said that about younger girls picking up the ball is is exactly the you know you've hit the nail on the head like people are going to be coming through the system now they've been playing rugby for 15 years so it's only going to get better uh, a point that I wanted to elaborate on was you said they're kind of like this no rest day mentality which I think yeah I completely agree with so say like you've had a, a really stressful week you've, you've trained a lot you've been given a Wednesday that's a rest day so you're probably not going to want to do anything too physically demanding mm-hmm. what might those things that you do what on a rest be, yeah what might be the things that you do on a rest day that's you know you're still working on your game yeah, so um, it it depends. Obviously, depends on the type of week we've had. Um, sometimes we do kicking on those days, so it's, it's really low level hour of kicking, um, drop kicks mainly, conversions and stuff. Obviously, the sevens game. So yeah, might do an hour of that. Um, sometimes it might be you know jumping in the pool and kind of getting some sort of, of body flow through us and just flushing ourselves ready for tomorrow because Tuesdays and Thursdays tend to be our heavy days. So it's quite important to recover in those days and um, getting the right amount of fuel on board. So food wise, what, what we'd eat in terms of getting that in is it worth chugging down a cherry active before bed just to get some good night's sleep, um, et cetera. But sometimes, you know, those days it might just be as simple as, as staying off your feet and staying in bed um, just because, the load you, that you go, your body goes through, it, it needs that rest. Neurally, uh, physically, mentally, all those things need to be rested. Um, so, I, like, this shout out to everyone who's, who's playing pro level, but you, you need to understand that you, you, you can do that and that is possible. Um, but it's understanding when you need to do that. And I think that's the important bit. And particularly in, in pro sport is understanding your body and what works for you, what doesn't, you know, Having having six protein shakes isn't going to particularly make you stronger. Um, understanding when to take them, when to consume them, what's the best time, what's the best type, how much of it, uh, should I put water, should I put milk? It's all those little components that you, you've got to consider. So yeah, on on those rest days, it, it varies um, depending on what my body needs. So uh, I like the pool. I think that's a huge benefit for me, uh, just in terms of my injuries and stuff. So trying to keep on board with them, stay robust. Um, it might be as simple as just doing some, um, some proprioception stuff um, and just keeping on top of that. But yeah, nothing too wild. Cool. So building on from the, the point that you said there about injuries, um, it kind of goes in well with my next question, which was going to be, is there anything from a physical standpoint that you want to work on? Um so maybe that goes hand in hand with the injuries that you, you've currently struggled with. Yeah. So um, do you want me to list my injuries? Yeah, go for it. Yeah. 
<laughs> How long is it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I'll, I'll kind of pick up my main ones. Uh, two dislocations in my right shoulder, um, ACL, and then I've had ankle reconstruction and stuff, so little bits like that. But, yeah, biggest one, obviously, is ACL, but my shoulder was actually the biggest um, test of my character. I was 18, so I literally wasn't old, old, old at all. So it was about getting that mental resilience from a young age and, and understanding that I'm in this setup um, and I've got to kind of... Uh, I've got to make my way through the whole setup without getting all these niggles and stuff. Um, what was the second question, bit of the question, sorry? I forgot. Oh, no, I remembered. <laughs> uh, is, is there anything from it? So from a physical standpoint, you want to work on, so like yeah. going hand in hand with those injuries, how are you going to work on them? Yeah, of course. So um, a lot of it is around strength and, and tolerating different, uh, inst- like, your body at different ranges and um, proprioception is my godsend and I, i'll shout out to my my number one physio barney um he's a clever clever bloke but a lot of it is around proprioception and and understanding that even when your eyes are closed you know where your body is so it's, it's spatial awareness and that's a big thing uh, particularly in my game uh just you know especially fly off you know no look passes sidestepping offloading but not knowing where the ball is but you know where it is consciously and um, stuff like that um, acceleration out, out of trouble get, getting those those things into your game so that's kind of a big one for me which is acceleration and getting myself out of trouble um, I'm not particularly the biggest the biggest pack um, but I you know I, I fight fight as much as I can so uh, a five foot four trying to get myself out of trouble is probably the best best bit for me um, and if I if I had to improve yeah, if, if I was to prove, improve my game, I'd, I'd be working on um, I'm, I'm working on my acceleration stuff just to get myself out of trouble and, and be prepared to offload, get out of it, um, pass the ball on to someone else, one of my, one of my speedsters. Um, so with, with such big injuries, so obviously you said your shoulder was probably the most challenging, but then obviously an ACL is um, one of the worst you can have as well. How have you been able to deal with those injuries yourself? Obviously, like spending time away from the playing squad because you know rehab crews are these small, tight knit yeah. groups, as um, anyone that's around the sport will know. So, how do you deal with those those massive injuries and being away from actually playing? So, with my shoulder, it was a quick realization of um, how important the network are around you and um, who's going to help you get you get you back on the field but also understanding that you've got to put the hard graft in. Um, I was lucky enough to uh, go to the IRU, which is essentially a rehab unit where uh, it's lottery funded. So a lot of GB athletes go. And there's only three or four of you at a time. And it's very, uh, it's very individualized. And every, so you get SNC, uh, physio, soft tissue, mental, uh, uh, psychology, nutrition, and it's just one-on-one sort you out you're there for a week or two I think I must have spent about four or five weeks in there and it's about getting you strong uh, for the next phase of your phase of your rehab so a big big shout out to network that's around you and that's going to help help you stay motivated and push you in the right direction Um, and also just having a clear clear goal and I mean I don't necessarily mean the end goal Um, how I've been working is a lot on week by week basis so what am I going to do this week that's going to make me better for next week so I can progress further? So particularly with my ACL, and I think it's a big, um, 
uh, big, uh, what's the word? Big emphasis on, I guess, the, the shoulder work I did was just around, right, these are my goals step by step, week by week. How am I going to fulfill them? What's going to make me get there? Um, and it, it was around, you know, nutrition stuff, staying, staying on board, making sure I'm 100% focused uh, when I'm doing each exercise. But also, you've, you've just got to put in the sweaty work. And if that means you're crying at the end of the day, you're crying and you've got to you've got to accept that these injuries, you're also going to be up and down every single day, particularly if they're long term. But also, there's always an end goal. Things always work out. And that's the kind of mindset you've just got to have. So it's a huge mental battle in terms of what's going to push me through this. But understanding I've got this network around me. I've done everything I, I can possibly do. I've put in the hard graft. Everything will sort itself out. And you, know, you can't fault hard work. And I think that's a big thing that um, that comes out of, of injuries. If you put the hard work in, it shows. You come back pitch firing again. Um, you're looking fitter. You're looking stronger. Um got quads you've got biceps you know you've got everything then and the people are looking you're like fucking hell sorry yeah she's come back yeah she she's looking she's looking twice as you know three times as, as strong strong faster fitter and and that's that's the mark you've got to set yourself you've got to go i've got this big injury is the challenge i've been been given how am i now gonna show people that i've i've done a difference if that means having physical attributes that look different and that's what's going to motivate you um, then you do that. For example, I think biceps and shoulders was like my main focus on my ACL rehab, just because it looked so good. And I, I was like, yes, pump, pumping the iron. And I was, I was getting that pump. So that was, uh, although my knee was my focus, but it was also about like, I want to feel good and look good when I come back. Um, but, but yeah, so it's, it's how, I think network would, would be my main, would be my main headline for that. Yeah, I think you made some great points there, especially the one about, Obviously, there is going to be ups and downs of it. I mean, injuries are shit. The word he said there was improvement, the, the one that I picked up on. So, um, rehab is seen as this thing that is really tedious at times. At times, it can be, as you'll definitely be aware of the injuries that you've had. But if you flip it on its head and see it as, right, I can improve other aspects of my game here, whether it is, you know, your upper body development or um, off your conditioning stuff, depending on your injury, um, then that's what you should focus on because it is a positive um yeah. i think at times people do and it is a it is a, a process that is um you know there's a lot of downs in it but if you do flip on your head on its head sorry um you know you can improve at, at the other end of it so yeah i think that was a great point um talking about kind of coming out the other end of it and um maybe not always working towards that end goal but it's kind of always going to be there that's going to keep you going so for you now obviously we said earlier you know you're 23 Still got many years of playing ahead of you, touch wood. Um, where do you kind of want to take your game? Um, what is there any things that you don't you don't have to say them if there's something that's you know you keep it to yourself because it, that's the way it drives, that's fine. But is there anything that you want to, you know, the boxes you want to tick in your career? Yeah, um, I would like to win an Olympic medal. That was kind of obvious. Um, I'd, I'd like to go back to 15s at some point. You know, that's always been the bread and butter of my game. I've been 15s from a young age, um, and I do enjoy that aspect. Like, don't get me wrong, love the sevens and how how collect how like how tight knitted the group are. Like, it's, it's a very small group compared to, in comparison to 15s. So, um, there's different pros and cons to that. Um, but yeah, like you kind of just take each 
like I say, each week, but also each year as it comes, because you don't know when your contract's going to finish, if you're going to get a new one, how it's going to look. It might not actually be appealing to you. So you do what you have to do um, in terms of living and and also what's going to push you and grow you individually um, just as much as, as you would as a group. So, yeah, in terms of my aspirations, they're, they're very rugby-related and, and all big stage stuff like, like they should be. So those those are part of my careers that I'd like I'd like to address um, at some point, um, and if if the shoe fits at that point, then I'll 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 take it. Um, if it doesn't, then I'll stick with what what I'm doing. But yeah, we'll see we'll see how that one goes. At some point. Um, it's perfect. I mean, I think you made some great points today. The stuff you've you've spoken around, uh, the injury stuff. I think people people are going to get a lot from that. Um, yeah. And then also just being able to listen to kind of like how the lifestyle of, you know, the sevens tournaments is. Um, it's just really interesting to hear and I know that people are going to get a lot from it. So really yeah. appreciate your time. No worries. Um, thank, thank you very much. much.